0: The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast.
1: Welcome to this special midweek edition of the Lloyd's List Podcast. For the past 30 years, the Seafarer Workforce Report has offered the shipping industry a unique insight into the demographics of shipping. Every five years, it measures the available supply and demand of officers and crew. This maritime workforce census effectively allows the industry, at least in theory, to adapt its training and recruitment policies to fit. Although, given the near-constant dearth of available officers as a routine conclusion, one wonders how much agency the various players actually have in this equation. I'm interrupting our usual weekly podcast schedule because the latest report is out today. Uh, Spoiler alert, uh, the report yet again warns of a serious potential officer shortage. And before you get too excited about the 46% rise in female seafarers this year, I should point out that this only takes us to 1.28% of the global seafarer workforce being female. So, some way to go on those diversity targets yet. Anyway, I'm delighted to say we have a podcast regular with us to cut through the data and give us the headline conclusions. Welcome back to the podcast, International Chamber of Shipping, Secretary
0: General Guy Platten.
1: Thank you very much,
0: Richard. It's always a pleasure to be here.
1: So... Talk us through this report, for those listeners who are perhaps not familiar with this because it does only happen every five years. Give us the the headlines in terms of what this report is there to do and what the key conclusions are this year.
0: I suppose, you know, three things really what we're looking at is one, the balance between the supply of qualified seafarers available to work and the industry's demand for those seafarers. That's really quite critical we also are looking to get information about the the workforce including the demographic information on on where they come from their rank their age and gender that's that's really important to to gauge whether we've got an aging workforce which we have uh, and how well we're doing on the on the gender equality side of it not very um and also trying to look forward the next 5 years to so we can um, so a forward look at what's likely to be the demand for seafarers in the next five years so so that's that's the sort of three areas principally where we're, we're we're looking at within this report and you know it, it makes us some interesting reading I, I think we've gone up from 1.6 million to nearly 1.9 million seafarers in the, in the the time since the last report and we see that trend still continuing to to grow as well there'll still be a demand for seafarers going forward particularly amongst officers and there is a shortfall of some officers at the moment of so twenty six thousand or so and we believe that by 2026 we'll need an additional eighty nine thousand officers and that again is a wake-up call not only to to shipping companies but also to governments and the training establishments as well and how we're actually going to recruit these young people particularly in light of the seafarer crisis of the last year where it hasn't exactly uh, solved itself as the most attractive a career for young people
1: mm-hmm. well Yes, I mean, COVID and the accruing crisis is, of course, the elephant in the room in this respect. But the nature of this report, it happens every five years, it is very much the long term view. But it's not really reflected uh, in terms of the numbers here. Do you think the the current crisis is going to be reflected perhaps in the next report in terms of whether we have available seafarers coming in to meet that shortfall that you just described. I think
0: that's a, that's certainly our fear, Richard. Is that exactly? You know, I've got anecdotal evidence that you know people are turning away from a career, not wanting to uh, to join ships. Um, you know, I've got friends of my own who you know are questioning their 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 sort of future within the industry as a seafarers as well because of the way they have been treated by governments over the last year. So. We will see in five years. Let's hope it's a blip and we get through this. But I think there's a real fear that we really do have to sell what is actually a very um, rewarding career to young people um, in the midst of this. This crew change crisis and all that's happened. So it's something that we have to be very aware from. And we see that in the UK, just for example, that the cadet numbers are down for this year. You know how much of that's down to the the crew change crisis and what they read, and how much is it just because it's an unattractive career for young people? That's something we need to uh, really investigate further.
1: Mm. I mean, you mentioned the officer shortfall, but I've seen several of these reports, and I don't think I've seen a report yet that doesn't uh, warn of an an impending officer shortfall. And yet, we have kept moving, we have kept global trade afloat. You know, how serious is this? Do you think, and you know, what more does the industry need to do
0: realistically? I think, well, firstly, it, it's got the potential to be serious. We have every time re- risen up to it, and it, it's, but it's the the idea of looking forward is to indicate to governments, indicate to companies that we need to do more in the in the, in the sense of attracting uh, people into our industry. So, you know, if, if there is a shortfall at the moment it's a, it's a very fine shortfall and we predict predicting it goes it goes further but what it does is that wake up call which says to young people coming in this is a rewarding career with great potential as well so it's useful for sort of workforce planning as much as anything um around the world and that's that suppose that's the the real takeaway from it
1: mm. On the diversity issue, which you you did mention at the outset, uh, you know, looking at the headline figures, a 45 percent increase in female seafarers (laughs) might be considered to be impressive until you look at the numbers. And of course, the baseline of going from around 0.7 percent means that we're still just looking at just over 1 percent of the uh, total of seafarers being female. I mean, that is pathetic, quite frankly. Uh, What do you think it is that is missing in this mix of recruitment uh, to, to tackle this? you know fundamental issue of gender diversity
0: within the industry. I, I completely agree with you No, if We're at 1.28 percent of the workforce is, is, of the global workforce is female. That's, that's absolutely awful, it's pathetic and not only that, it's missed opportunities isn't it because we're missing out on half of half of the world's population in terms of talent. So you know it, it's, I, I sense there's a real growing commitment now to tackle this now we're working on a diversity charter now here at ics and other colleagues as well but it it really does i mean my daughters as as some of your listeners will know she's a seafarer um but she's one of only 1.28 percent and and predominantly those female seafarers often work in the ferry and the cruise sector as well so we don't see so many in the other sectors and we have to tackle that image that that image it's still sort of a misogynistic image of our, our industry and that has to change uh, and it's it's a culture change and we need HR departments around the world when they're doing their recruitment to really bear that in mind and see what they can do right at the outset but it's also it, it's it goes much deeper than that I think when I was working at the UK Chamber of Shipping we asked some female cadets to come in and talk to us and asked ask asking the reasons why they chose a career at sea and why so few other women choose a career at sea and one of the one of the comments is quite striking was that often and I'm sure it's the same in other places around the world there's a there's a key point about 13 or 14 where you choose your subjects to study onto academic qualification and not uh, not too many women seem to want to choose the stem subjects those key science and maths based subjects going forward they, they tend to go to other subjects and again that's something that we should be tackling right much earlier than trying to attract them after they've got their qualifications. We should also be trying to uh, educate that this is a, a really rewarding career. And it's and it's a high-tech career. It, it's a challenging career, but it's really interesting and fascinating. And, and you need good people skills. You need to get the most out of All these things which we need to to make more, much more gender neutral and get rid of this macho image that sometimes our in, uh, industry can portray. Mm.
1: The, the other um, standout uh, conclusion is that we are missing certain technical skills. Now, in the context of an industry that is rapidly digitalizing, um, increasingly looking to autonomous systems within the way that the industry is operating, not just at sea, but onshore as well. Uh, how do you see that gap in terms of the, the training uh, and the uh, progression of careers from? Sure, uh, from sea to shore, uh, panning out because you know that to me is perhaps the more worrying uh, sign in this report.
0: Yeah, I think we have to invest in skills and training to both attract and to retain talent as well. You know, CPD is, is must be an absolute priority for companies as well. We are seeing a rapidly changing industry. I think we've gone. about I personally believe we're going to have fundamental change. You know, we call it the ICS, the fourth propulsion revolution over the next 10 years. And that's going to require different skill sets. And we've got to be wise to that now. We, we, you know, we've been calling for some time for a revision to the STCW and to have a proper review. So it's fit for purpose for the challenges of the future. We're seeing increasing automation on ships, digitization, all these things require a skill set perhaps vastly different to one envisaged maybe just 10, 20 years ago. So I think that's a real, again, the report highlights that there's a real wake-up call as well for training establishments for shipping companies to make sure we equip our workforce with the skills they need to to do the job well.
1: Mm. Um, I'm forever putting you on the spot with uh, you know, questions of forecasting, but given that this only happens every five years and it does produce sort of pretty long-term views, What's your gut instinct in terms of what the next report is going to look like? Is it is it going to flag up, uh, you know, positive progress, or do you think that the combined force of what you've just described that that uh, you know revolutionary shift in requirements and COVID is going to see a, a significant change in the next report?
0: It's really difficult to, to to crystal ball gaze, but what I would like to see firstly is a much more uh, much better progress in the diversity issue. And we're not going to get to 50% in five years' time, but we'd like to see a real real movement on that. Uh, we'd like to see this revision of STCW well underway and starting to come to a, a conclusion. So we know what training needs to be put in place. And we, we need to see what we can do to counter the negative effects of the COVID-19 pandemic in terms of retention and recruitment. But ultimately, we have to remember we are a growing industry still, which provides a wonderful opportunity for young people to have a f- f- fulfilling career we mustn't lose sight of that as well so I'm, I'm always optimistic in these things I, I think we're a great industry and if you compare us to, to even some of the other professionals who are uh, like lawyers and perhaps uh, doctors as well and there's increasingly going down AI we're still going to need our seafarers and we're going to still need a highly skilled workforce so perhaps that presents an opportunity as well going forward
1: Let's hope so. Um, for now, uh, Guy Platten, thank you again for joining the Noiseless Podcast.
0: Thank you very much.